What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Season's greetings, Islanders country. This is the Eyes on Isles podcast, powered by Fansided Sports Network. I am your host, Joe Bono. Follow me on Twitter at IslesFix, and subscribe to our Monday through Friday newsletter. And I'm joined once again, back for more, our full-time recurring guest, Mr. Andy Francis. Andy, how are you, sir? How's it going? Well, you asked to get me after an Islanders loss. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. You have now accomplished that feat. Wanted it you right get, after an Islanders loss, like hours after. But yeah, let's let it marinate a little bit. Well, one way or another, you ask, you got. So <laughs> I don't know which which way you want to take it, whether you want to focus on the game against the Devils. And that's what you get. We kept talking about Carolina like it was that magic North Star. At least it was for me. And I don't know, because now you could say, oh, well, that was the best game of the year. And now yeah. you can conversely call it the worst game of the year. So we get one and one. Yeah, it's like Carolina almost, uh, Thomas Hickey alluded to this during the postgame show that they had, you know, really remembered that game and how well the Islanders handled them and came in with a really, you know, strong game plan. And the Islanders just could not muster anything, 16 shots on goal, um, obviously wearing the reverse retro jerseys, and we'll get into that later. But, you know, you wonder how much of it was really based on expelling the energy from the previous night and what was a wide open offensive heavy 6-4 win over the Devils where they spent the last seven minutes or so in their own um, ice as the Devils pulled the goalie. Oh, granted, that was probably only half or less than the amount of skaters. The rest were just kind of on the bench watching during that six-on-five period. But they came out, they came out, and listen, when you are controlled in the neutral zone and you can't chip pucks in and you can't sustain any pressure offensively and get the cycling going and get the forechecking going, you look slow and you look like you're disinterested and you look like you don't have effort. I, I don't think that was the case, but man, they just could not make any adjustments. They tried to mix up the lines here and there, mix, mix up the deep pairs. And uh, there was no spark to be had on, on Saturday night. If you ever wanted to know what type of hockey that I advocated for currently advocate for, and always will advocate for it's what you saw from the Carolina hurricanes the other night, they were missing their Barzal. They were missing their Aho. You would never know because, as I told you before, structure carries over in all environments. Whether you're tired, you're not tired, you're out of the game, you're in the game. It allows you to compete in all games, and it's frustrating. It makes the other play uh, teams play worse, and you saw that. It's so we saw the Islanders get Islandered via a different team. Trots who's Islanders still. Yeah, who's still – I mean, that's – I always looked at us and the Carolina Hurricanes as the same kind of brand. It's not like there were many superstars. Carolina didn't have any huge scores last year. I think their top score, uh, I don't know, was like maybe hovering around 30 goals, but they there was not a plethora whatsoever. There was just a few guys who averaged over a point per game, if that, and that was it. They relied on their structure, defense. They brought in Anderson, and yet they were top of the conference. So I could argue that they even did it better than us. But 
there's a reason that they're always hovering there. That structure, it allows you to just rack up points in games. The way the Islanders are playing, they have to be on it or they're losing. Notice they go up in the game and all of a sudden it's magically a game again against the Devils. We go down in a game against a team that will lock it down. It's over. Mm-hmm. And that's why that that the system that the Islanders are playing or any system that doesn't put team defense at the forefront, I believe they're in trouble in the long run, including these Devils, who you saw it against the Islanders, and now you're seeing it against the Rangers. 3-1 lead, gone in two seconds. I'm just not a fan of this kind of hockey because I know in the long run it's no good. So I like seeing um, that game in a weird way because it was a nice – I get to point to that saying, what kind of hockey do I wish we play? That hockey. Three nothing. And after the game, you know, people talking about, oh, well, this was a you know well-rested Carolina team, hadn't played on Tuesday. The Islanders played the previous night. But, you know, as I pointed out after the game too, the Islanders had that advantage, you know, on each game of their homestand. They lost to St. Louis. They lost to Nashville. Both of those teams had played one against the Rangers, one against the Devils the previous night. And the Islanders uh, were unable to take advantage. That's not an excuse to come out and uh, not be able to generate any offense. They just kind of got outclassed uh, by Carolina. And if you think about it, well, you're talking about it with the Barry Trotz structure of what the Islanders did. How often did they lose the first half of a back-to-back under Trotz and you'd be worried about, oh, is this you know a, a, a turning point in the year where they're going to lose a few games in a row? And it just never happened. That structure carried them through, and they were able to pick up wins often on the second game of back-to-backs, um, playing that defensive first type of hockey. And um, listen, four straight losses for Ilya Sorokin. You know, some people, you know, chirping in, you know, are you worried about him? Listen, the Blues game was bad. Obviously, he gave up some bad goals, especially in that third period where the with the, where the lead ballooned to 5-1, to one, but they're just not scoring for him in front of him anymore at all right now either. Um, they pretty much have gotten one or two goals tops in the games that he started, but, you know, four four straight losses for your top goalie is, is, is not what you want to see. Not at all. And for what it's worth, at least with a team like the Devils, you know, they are very young and I feel like they're going to have to learn those lessons and they have immense speed and skill. So you can almost see in their head where they're going with this and then they'll probably have to reform back. Like You know, they'll have to have their lessons along the way. It's just so frustrating that the majority of this Islanders team has been a game away from the Stanley Cup, yet it's like they'd rather just have their statistics and have this uptick in offensive production, which is what you're seeing, than have a team that is able to make a deeper run and and rip off a consistent string of quality hockey, something that we still have not seen throughout the course of this year. If we want to point at that one little stretch that started with the shutout against the Rangers, even though... I guess we were dominated in all like the metrics when it comes to a deep dive into that game. But the majority of this season, you can just listen to the broadcasts. When there's a neutral broadcast, like ESPN Plus, it's like, oh, Islanders, uh, they're really trying to find their legs tonight. Every game, every announcer is just trying to say, Islanders trying to find their legs tonight. When are the legs coming? I mean, this is 30 games in, and we're never seeing that consistent level of desperation for checking, you know, they're never all over a team. They're lollygagging it out there. Just thinking, yeah, we're going to score. We're fine. Everything's going to be all right. And it's kind of frustrating to watch, you know? 
Mm-hmm. And obviously they've had these ability to come back in these third periods, even a couple times falling short the game at Nashville, the game against St. Louis, where they had these kind of, you know, ferocious comebacks, but, you know, were unable to get the equalizer, but, you know, you just never felt like they were going to sustain anything. One, nothing felt insurmountable and ultimately was against Carolina, but, you know, to go back to the, the devil's game, you know, Hersher scores the power play goal in the first period. And I'm like, this game is going to be a blowout. I mean, that was my attitude at that point. Um, you know, given the fact the Islanders had been struggling, losers of three three out of four, and you know they had, the Devils had three regulation losses going into that game all year long. Um, only lost that game at home against Toronto. I think they were eighteen one and one in the last twenty. So they get off to the hot start, and um, you know Brock Nelson scores the the wraparound goal. And I mean the way they came out, um, like you said, when they were up, uh, what was it six two, and you never still didn't feel completely comfortable, and it got to six four and a couple posts, but. You know, the ability for them to score and play that type of game against a team like that for about 30 minutes or so, you know, overall, you know, that was impressive to know they have that in them. Um, Although that may not translate to to wins long term, they kind of went toe to toe with a team that's faster, younger and quicker than them and, 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 you know, put it to them for, for a period of that game. Yeah, but they only have that in them because the other team allows them because the other team plays that same type of way, just the same way you just saw them blow a 3-1 lead against the Rangers. Like, it's nothing. They don't have the discipline and wherewithal in them to know what to do on the well against the Rangers on the road. But when you have a 3-1, they're just go. who cares? We're up one nothing. Go forward, 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 forward. Just pour it on because it's been working for them earlier in the year. But I'll guarantee you, as you get closer to playoff time, you get into that final third of the season when points are not easy to come by and you have a team who goes up one nothing on you they're gonna fight like hell to keep that one nothing lead yeah early in the year you can rip off these wins when it's it's not the points aren't truly at a premium yet but the well will run dry for those devils and you're gonna start to see it you're gonna i I don't know how the ranger game is going to end up because it's currently you know going on as we're saying it but if they start dropping that one blowing a 3-1 lead losing to the islanders on home ice you're gonna start you're going to start watching it unravel a little bit. And, um, you know, for the Islanders, too, that, you know, not that obviously it doesn't necessarily carry over, and it didn't on Saturday night, but there was just, you know, those intangible kind of feel-good moments of that game. You had the uh, Romanov hit on, on Wood, uh, clean hit. He said it after the game. I love how he said, you know, didn't mean to destroy – I don't mean to destroy anyone. That was a great quote. Islanders get great quotes from their uh, Russian hockey players. Oh, of course. <laughs> Foreigners are the best. And, and Wood then later said, yeah, it was a clean hit as well. Uh, the next day, uh, you have Clutterbuck getting headbutted in the first. Everyone's worried about, you know, he's he's out again. He plays the first few minutes of um, – the first period, I think a minute 51 of shift time. He's out again. You're thinking he re-aggravated something, comes back with the cage, scores a goal, uh, all bloodied. Then you had kind of the just a good mojo of them beating a game, winning a game that you didn't expect them to win. A good amount of Islander fans at the Rock, invading the Rock once again. And you know, just good vibes going into Saturday. And, uh, you know, I understand there's still a, a very strong portion of the fan base that uh, despises and always will uh, the Fisherman logo. But that all... You know, that all was fun. It was a good vibe and buzz kind of going into that game Saturday night, all, you know, off the ice. And uh, for it to just be as flat as it was, um, you really had nothing um, to get excited about pretty much the entire game. Um, really, that five on three that was um, negated by the Lee 
penalty, uh, which he was pretty upset about. That was their one chance. And maybe they score there on the five on three. They had about a minute 50 of it. Maybe it's a little bit of a different game, but that was really the only opportunity and time during the game where you felt like, you know, they had, they had the upper hand. I would love to know how on a five on three, you do not have Pulak or Wallstrom on the high slot on the other side. And there is not an answer saying, well, you just put your top power play unit. It's a completely different dynamic when it's five on three. Your most lethal shot has to be out on the ice. So when you have a five on three, you have Barzal circling around and he keeps looking for Dobson, who has a good shot, but nowhere near the caliber of Wallstrom. And if you want to keep Dobson at the top, that's fine. At least have Wallstrom on the other side. Right. It's wild to me. It's 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 borderline so ill-advised. That's one of the few instances you're going to get clean looks for your best shooters. And to not have them out there is, is just idiotic. I hate yeah, to Wallstrom, say it. Wallstrom, for some reason, isn't on some of these... Um... These groups, even last year, um, you know, whenever they had uh, the Islanders were playing six on five, trying to find a tie game, he was just not part of the group. And I understand where his, you know, his playing time was reduced last year many, many times. But again, you would have felt like this is a guy who has a shot that can score from uh, really far distances on the ice. And if you set him up and, and have an opportunity and he wasn't on the ice for many of those uh, chances last year. And, and like you said, really not part of that first five on three unit that we saw on Saturday. Well, clearly he's on the second unit and he never gets benched from that. So they know that like he's just a clear part of that second unit. But I'm saying for five on three, mm-hmm. you have to give the defense the threat of that shot. We don't have that up there if he's not if he's not out there. What what they're doing is have like they're they're sacrificing that one timer for Nelson's one timer, which is crazy. Nelson, and to his credit, I've been screaming that the Islanders power play, the thing that's been holding it back is not having a lefty that can shoot a one timer, which has allowed all the defenses to shade towards the other shooters. He clearly has been working on that all off season. You never, ever, ever saw him take a one timer on the power play, not even one single instance last year. So clearly they've been working through it, through uh, working with that the entire offseason, and he's been doing a great job. He's been able to rip one of them in against the Rangers in that comeback. However, when you're talking about a five-on-three, even I feel like he would tell you, yeah, that's not what I'm best suited for because he doesn't have half of the slap shot. He's got a great snapshot, wrist shot in tight, but you're talking about from long distance. There's We got two guys who can do it, Pulak and um, Wallstrom. And it's just silly for, for future five-on-threes if they're not out there um, to just stick with the top unit as if it was a five-on-four. It's not not smart. Joe Bono, Andy Francis, Eyes on Isles podcast. So now the Islanders are in Boston on Tuesday night. Bruins have lost just once at TD Garden all year long, lost to the uh, Vegas Golden Knights in a shootout uh, a few games ago. And um, a big test, five-game road trip. Um, you know, sometimes these things end up, positives uh, for teams to just kind of get away from maybe the distractions, especially maybe around this time of the year to get out there, find some continuity, get some closeness uh, within the, within the group and and find a rhythm. But, you know, this is going to be the the toughest game you would think at least on paper um, during the road trip. There are some other tricky spots, Colorado, Arizona, et cetera, but these are, these are winnable games. And if you're going to be a team that's going to be in playoff contention, you can't, you know, come back here one and four, you got to pick up enough points and uh, they have a good shot here on, on, you know, the same way they went into the Devils game on, on Friday night and uh, picked up two points on the road. It's a great opportunity to figure out. Do you think uh, Sorokin goes into net tomorrow night? 
I mean, he should. And then again, Varlamov always does seem to play well. I never mind that if somebody like Varlamov always plays well against the Rangers and you want to play him. And I know he played fantastic in that series versus the Bruins. And I believe he's continued that. I don't mind either way, but I will say something that I've told you for better or for worse. The worst part about the Islanders is they'll lose to the worst team in the league on any given night. But to this point, I don't want to say the best part, but something that you would at least be able to be happy about is on any given night, they might be able to beat any given team. And now this is a true test because the Bruins, what what do they have? One overtime loss at home? Yeah, and they're they're exactly and they're a complete, complete team. And um, you know, the Devils obviously be flashy, um, flashy team, and we see a little bit more of them obviously in the metro area, but in terms of just points percentage, Bruins are the top, top team in the league. And I don't know, if, you know, where did this kind of come from, right? And you look at their their roster and who their stars are, and you go, okay, well, where were these major additions? What was the crazy turnover? I mean, they changed the coach. I, I disagree. Um, I think it's relatively easy to see when you see that that top line, as long that as they're top all line back has always together. been there. Exactly, exactly. So then when you move on from there, bringing back Krejci, who at a minimum is going to give you another guy who, uh, who has – familiarity with the power play and the other guys in case you need to mix up the lines. And he showed that he played well with Hall. Remember, they only had that little That's period true. when they traded for Hall and then Krejci didn't come back the following year. So now you have that and then DeBrusque playing back up to his potential, which he fell way off. He had like the Beauvillier treatment where everyone started to hate him. And then he had a nice renaissance. And then guys like Zaka, it's all coming together appropriately but it's not shocking to me the top line is doing what they do and the second line is picking up where they left off in that little mini stretch that they had together before they played the islanders in that playoff series and then debrusque playing well and i i'm not shocked because they well, were you know what i'm saying they're not like they have yet. stars and they have obviously some young really good young players as well but you know when a team goes two three years without kind of getting over the hump i mean kind of what was the narratives around uh the, you know the boston bruins after the islanders knocked them out of the playoffs right You're it was, right, but it was that kind was... of a big question mark i know that you know to, to come back not just to come back and be in firm playoff position to be off on this type of start best True. team in the nhl start that to me is a little bit of a surprise definitely definitely because you figure veteran teams are actually gonna struggle more during the early part of the season but uh, you know that hasn't been the case with them and it's not some circumstance where it's like you know that this is what people should have been saying about the penguins and washington washington has lost how many straight playoff series penguins have lost how many straight playoff series the bruins they beat washington in five they were up on the islanders two to one and one to nothing and then they happened to lose in six and that whole series kind of changed when brandon carlo got knocked out of it so that was a tough series loss. Then they come back last year and played a grueling seven-game series against the Carolina Hurricanes. Didn't have Krejci. And they lost. They lost a tough game seven. I don't think it's something where you throw out you, – you don't flush I mean, the whole team coach. out. You know? <laughs> oh, well, that's that That to me is understandable. And what – What's He's doing pretty well in Vegas, by the way. So everyone seems to be work, worked yeah. out for everybody. Well, what's a little frustrating is Boston still plays that physical stuff. Like they have incorporated the elements of the previous teams and then are maybe making adjustments along the way. 
I'm just disgusted that that's not what the Islanders are doing. Like I, I was hoping that the Islanders absorbed what they learned from the last half, but nope, just defensive responsibilities are right out the back window. And it's difficult, difficult. And and we also, of course, with the Islanders too, injury-wise, Adam Pellick is out. Uh, looks like he won't travel to Boston. They're going to reevaluate him to see whether or not likely a concussion. You know, they're not going to say an upper body injury. So you see whether or not he can get on the ice at some point during during this road trip. Kyle Palmieri, Anthony Beauvillier. I think Beauvillier is ready to go back. Palmieri skated for the first time, I think since being uh, with the team since the first time um, he was knocked down in, in November against the uh, Toronto game with the collision. Look, so we'll see what this lineup, because right now, you know, it's really, it's been this way for a little while anyway, but really unsettling as to how they are mixing these pieces together on, on these four lines. They can't find a spot for Josh Bailey um, anywhere really right now. Um, and he obviously hasn't played to warrant top line minutes, hasn't played well enough to do that. Um, so, you're, you know, you might say, oh, well, Palmieri, you know, wasn't, you know, he wasn't lightening it up while he was in there. But, you know, you kind of had at least a, uh, some stable, you know, there was he stabilized at least one of those lines. And we'll see what happens if and when he's able to get back in, into the lineup. Yeah, look, this is something that every team has to deal with, just like those aforementioned Bruins. They didn't have McAvoy or Marshawn to start the year, and people have to navigate through injuries. you got to deal with injuries, and they were able to beat the Devils with those injuries, and it's just something that every team's going to have to deal with to a certain extent, and guys have to step up, and that's really that's really it. That's Injuries, unfortunately, are not allowed to be used as as an excuse, you know? So before we take a break, and we'll get into some more of our lighthearted stuff. This has been a very hockey-centric conversation um, so far uh, today. I haven't talked about your hair yet or anything else. Um, Looks like you got a haircut, though. I don't know. Did you get the haircut in Tampa, or you went uh, somewhere else? Like, did you get a new barber? I don't think I did. Since I saw you last week, you didn't get a haircut? No, not since last week. Really? Maybe the headphones are throwing me off or, or something. That's always big. You change locations. You got to find a new, a new barber. That's a lot of pressure there. Um, I had a nice cheat code though, since my brother was living here for for a little while, and we have similar hairstyles, so I always got to see how his would would return mm-hmm. home. You Do know? you ever like break it? Like, ever had a breakup with a barber? Like, did you like you know that? Well, like Seinfeld style. <laughs> I mean, the Seinfeld style is a little bit because it was the same. It was the same barber shop in that episode with the. Uh, was Enzo and whatever the other guy's name yeah. was, right? But that was, I mean, that's pretty much, you know, that's really risky what Jerry was trying to trying to do in that spot, but just trying to shift it up. So, like for me here in Connecticut, I went to a place called Anthony Salon, which was kind of like, is this like a woman's centric place? But they also cut guys' hair. They were fine, but then like I called up a few times and they were like either at lunch and like obviously and they actually ended up closing up. So they were kind of on the end. They were there for like 40 years and finally they decided to to leave. So that wasn't there. And I found a different guy, Ozzy, Ozzy's barber, who's Moroccan. He's very excited about the World Cup. Ozzy's been very solid to me. But then when I turned 40, someone got me a gift certificate for this place which is like this high-end like men's groomer. Like they have a video on their website and it's like yeah. $120 cut, but it's like the scalp massage and they offer you like a cocktail. Yeah, while co- yeah. Right. So I did that once and it was pretty fabulous. Yeah. And I got lucky because uh, Ozzy went on, he went on his vacation in August and that's when I decided to use the gift card. So that way he wasn't, 
upset because I think they have their internal clock about, hey, every three weeks I'm going to see this guy. And if that three weeks goes beyond, they think, hey, maybe something's going on here. So I was, I, but I want to go back. That's the thing I really enjoyed. I like to treat myself again, maybe around the holiday yeah. time, but I'm worried about Ozzy finding out. I got I got out of the barber matrix a long time ago. Yeah, when you get caught up in that cycle, it's like being caught with the mob where you try to get out. That's not allowed. When I lived in Los Angeles, that's when I learned about, okay, barbers ain't cutting the mustard. They don't know what they're doing out there. There's a reason they're charging 20. I hate to say this out there. You guys probably think I'm some, uh, I don't know, elitist or something like that. But when you live in a place where every last person is – you know, in a field like the best of the best I always ended up in LA and I'd be on sets and whatnot. And then you, you're, you're dealing with these stylists and they make your, like, Oh, my hair never looks like that when I do it. So you start going to slightly better places like the ones you just mentioned. I don't need the head massages and stuff like that, but I know as soon as if the first <laughs> thing somebody does is go for like the, zzz, I'm like, all right, this person's no good. Right. It's scissors or nothing. And yeah, I'm I'm more of a salon kind of guy. I haven't been to a barber shop unless I've been panicking in a while. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of I kind of want to go back. I, I kind of want my treat myself because it was like again, a couple kids. I don't get much time to relax. This was like the closest thing I got to like a relaxing forty five minutes to an hour in the in the last several months. But I, I don't want I don't want Ozzy to find out. Um, before before we break though, are you um do you you know Dom from the Athletic? Are you into like those projections and those models? Do you pay attention to that stuff? That uh, unfortunately, out? well, are you is he a friend of yours? No. Okay. Well, as soon as I saw him, <laughs> as soon as I saw him project how easily he thought that uh, his, his whatever bunker systems he had thought that the Florida Panthers were going to dispose of the Lightning rather easily. Unfortunately, I'm the kind of guy you say something like that, you show something like that. I well, he didn't never say it. The model did. No. Well, that's the problem, though. You get to always blame it on the model. I don't want to hear that it's not influenced, like you know, a, a blender throwing in some ingredients he threw a couple celery sticks in there and i know he influenced that model but after seeing that whatever company you want to say i laid out exactly what was going to happen in that series and it's why i use the floor i don't know how anybody can see a team like the florida panthers just like i'm telling you right now about the new jersey devils the yeah, minute they run into structure president trophy winner points and 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 you're going of course they're going to carry this over but yeah, I know what you're saying. Well, no, they play they play roller hockey defense just like you're seeing the Devils right now. And if they run into Carolina and this guy comes out with his models once again, I'm going to laugh once again because it's a tale as old as time. You and your run-and-gun President's Trophy style is never going to do anything once you run into structure. And they ran into structure and they got swept. So, yeah, I don't even but anyway, what about now? Well, no, they put out these player cards last year, um, which have all these different stats with, based on projections. And, then, you know, I find them interesting. And there's a couple of parts of them that I like. And one is based on, like, market value projection. So basically what their salary is and what their numbers would translate from a market value standpoint. So, like, Barzell, $7 million making this year, $10.1 million. Uh, would be his market rate. And, and you look at the contract he signed, okay, that's fine. Anders Lee, um, people think overpaid. His numbers would translate to an $8 million market. Brock Nelson, not surprisingly, around $9 million given his salary. And then you get into some ones that are that are sticky, right? Um, Anthony Barzell is a negative 0.1 million market value uh, right uh, now. Uh, Bo Beauvillier? Beauvillier, sorry. 
I know I said Barzell. Yeah, Beauvillier at $4.2 million. His marker rate is is under um, zero. Uh, Josh Bailey, $5 million, 0.3 million. That's expected. Um, Wallstrom, big number, $5 million on the market value for him. Um, and then a couple of the really other good ones, Parisi, not, ex- not, not surprisingly about a three half, three and a half million dollar player. And then you get to the goalies. What do you think the market value based upon the numbers of, of what Sorokin is? Oh, but he's having like a historic start. So they're going to put it at Connor McDavid level money. Because when you take it, if you look at market value, you take what Bobrovsky's making, he's doing better than that. So they're going to put it at 12 million. 12.7. There you go. I mean, this is, but it's that's going to be an interesting contract. That's flawed, though. <laughs> that's flawed. That's based on his historic start, which is already started. Yeah, of course. It's down. a model. That's it. Yeah. But I'm just, I'm just having fun with it. But, um, well, in the words of Beetlejuice, nice in model. Yeah. <laughs> they don't like, uh, Romanov either. He's, uh, he's below, uh, minus a million in the market value in terms of uh, his numbers so far this year. But we do love the big hits. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to dive deep into the Fisherman logo returning and all the hoopla and uh, negativity that surrounds that. I want to just vent a little bit about Christmas. I want to get your take on my take on how I should be attacking the presence uh, situation within my family at age 40 and, and a lot more. So you're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast. Joe Bono and Andy Francis will be right back. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. We're back. Eyes on Isles podcast powered by the Fan Sided Sports Network. Joe Bono and Andy Francis with you. And of course, Saturday, uh, the best part of the get night was the return, the revival of the Fisherman logo. And um, I don't know where you stand on this. I was 12, 13 years old around that age when the logo and the jersey came out. Um, I'll tell you, my, my first recollection of seeing the original jersey the 95 Islander fisherman Jersey was there used to be a show on New York one called New York sports talk one, which actually like um, Jay Glazer used to be on all the time talking giants before he was in anybody. It was like a sports talk show, 1130 to 1230 for Monday through Friday. And I used to stay up and watch this thing. And that was the first time I saw it. Their opening few minutes of the show, they showed what the Jersey was going to look like at the press conference uh, that it had debuted at. And, all the calls were about this jersey. So right away, it had that visceral response. Being 12, 13 years old, I bought the jersey. I bought the shirts. I had hats. I had all that kind of stuff. And I know I was removed. I didn't see my team win a Stanley Cup in that traditional logo. And to me, that seems to be the the um, you know point of where the line in the sand is. You know, Are you old enough to remember the traditional Islanders logo 
being the one that that team won the Stanley Cup on because it was only about a decade, 10 to 12 years removed from the last Stanley Cup finals team to when they changed the logo. But if you were my age even, you know, I never was that upset about it. Um, the team stunk. We all know that. And they were a laughing stock for many more reasons than just the logo. But it still is surprising me, even though it's coming back. And it's not coming back as a primary logo. It's coming back as a six times a year logo that people are still so angry about it. Well, the way I would look at it is if it was detrimental and that was the end of the Islanders and we moved to Quebec or something like that, then yes, absolutely. But it's almost, I don't mind it at all because you're just kind of, you made it through it. It didn't last. They eventually got back to their old uniform. They got the new building. Everything eventually ironed itself out. And at that point, you can laugh about it like pictures when you used to be overweight or something like that. Once you get through it. How do you know those exist? uh, Look, I I didn't say. (laughs) conscience. If you want to bring it to the forefront, then go ahead. But it's something in the past. It's something that you got through. So you can laugh about it after the fact and somewhat enjoy it. It's never going to become the main logo. And it's it's interesting. People were clamoring for it just because for that exact reason. I mean, those orange ones that we had in the early 2000, those orange things that had like dragon wings on the side. The electric orange ones. Infinitely uglier. Infinitely I didn't I had uglier. I own that one too. It's the ones that were really it. bad are the black ones that had the like basketball islanders across, like the Mark Strait Islanders. That one's those ones are those were the worst ones. The blue one's infinitely worse than that because at least the color scheme of the black one wasn't that. But it's all like jet black with a little kind of it was all in unison with like the Nets colors. I got I can get behind. Oh that yeah, the one. Brooklyn NY one. Yeah okay yeah as a yeah. jersey by itself was okay. Oh were you I talking? Agree. Which one were you talking? The about? one that said actually said the word Islanders across had like the gray. Oh the, that, yeah, that was bad. Those were bad. That was bad. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah, so. Yeah, okay, it's surprising to me how much people are still gripping onto it, even though it's coming back in just this really, you know, kind of unique way. I don't know whether or not they're going to wear them. I would think they are, given the popularity of them after this year. But these are reverse retro jerseys. They still have their traditional third jersey that they've worn now for a number of years. Um, and obviously, there's a whole generation of fans that really like it and get a kick out of it, and some older ones that do as well. I thought they looked pretty great on the ice. I thought they looked really sharp, minus, minus the way the team played. But I thought as a, as a jersey, that they look they looked pretty good, and I thought the things that they did with the color scheme to kind of eliminate the teal on the ice looked, looked great. Absolutely. I think when everybody saw it, the initial thought was, oh, this actually looks pretty nice. <laughs> it looks pretty nice, but it unfortunately y- – you uh, you can't help but affiliate it with those original Tommy Sallow, Fisho, Soderstrom. Yeah. Eric Fisho's got a whole career just talking about, you know, wearing the fisherman jersey. Um, he was, he was you know, pretty much, you know, synonymous uh, with it um, at that time. And, and the mere fact that the people talk about it this much means that it's the right decision to have it. Nobody's talking about anything else this much. Island. Oh, and they did a big rollout. I mean, the Newsday had an article. The Athletic had the article. NHL.com, all about the history of it, the rollout, the the working with Adidas to come up with it 18 months, 24 months. There was a palpable buzz around this. They were the last team to debut their reverse retro uh, jerseys as well. So, again, surprised how much people are still holding on to you know di- how dug in they are 
regarding it. You know, Brendan Burke, like he usually does, ha- did a great job opening up, uh, trying to hit all the different tones and 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 pay the you know understand that hey, listen, we understand, we get it, what where, where you're coming from, different parts of this fan base. Um, but also, he was like, let's make the point that. You know, in 1995, uh, when these jerseys came out, the Islander fan now, you know, might be 35, 40 years old when that when that came out. It's been a long time, um, you know, since um, since that happened. And but I guess, you know, if I was 10 years removed from a dynasty, I can understand why you would have been so angry at the time. I will say this, that do you think probably the fact that that Fisherman logo happened, that there's no chance the Islanders would ever change the logo again? To anything, not a, not back to the fisherman, but just any change, like that logo, I don't think can be touched now. Well, I think the original once one. you make a huge mistake and then you go back, there's no relieving your ex. They went back to the original Islanders logo, and I don't think they're going to try yeah, once again. There's no, after a there's failure. no chance um, coming back. Especially new that. building. If you're going into the new building with this logo, it's likely to stay. If they were going to implement another change, it would have happened already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so we'll see. We'll see. I think they're wearing them again um, for nineties night. People should uh, stop up. worrying about this so much and start worrying about the goddamn defense. This is why, like, <laughs> I mean, this is unbelievable. This is what they see out there. Oh, it's the fisherman logos. Uh, no, actually, it's because you're playing with zero urgency and you look tired every game and you look like you're just winging it out. Yeah, there. it was an easy. Uh, it was easy to say that they were reminiscent of the uh, 95, 96 team. Um, with the way they played on on Saturday night, I came across like a, one of those like Instagram reels that just show up due to the algorithm, and there was a guy talking about like hidden things and hockey logos, and I learned a few things. The Capitals logo has the Capitol building at the bottom of it. Did you know that? If you pull up the Capitals logo, like the eagle, the bottom of it is the Capitol building, like the outline of it. Very cool. Are very you talking subtle. about the old no school idea. one? The old school logo that they brought back, or their current the jersey? one with the the eagle, like the long eagle that almost looks like a Nike check swirling yes. upwards. Yeah, I, I, I'll uh, I'll take your word with the wings it. with the wings yeah. out like this. Oh, that one. Yeah, the cap that there's the Capitol building is like the body of the eagle. Nice. Yeah, very cool. And that the Nordiques logo. That's an igloo. I don't know how somebody wouldn't know that. I <laughs> did not know that. What are you seeing when you look at that thing? I just, I lowercase n. I have no idea. I never thought igloo. That's pretty funny. There were a couple other good ones, um, too. The Sharks logo has like an S and J on it. Um, that good stuff. I kind of made me wish I was a graphic designer to, to come up with this. Must be, must be. What a thrill it must be to get your logo selected as like the one that people use. Yeah, I like, feel like it's a collaboration like it. process. Everyone wants to have their two cents in there, so you know that they're like, "Oh, it's good, but but how about you add a little so and so?" I was like, uh, "It was pretty funny." I, I never all the stuff that I make on my page, I do myself all the graphic design, all the editing. And when I started doing some videos for another company, they actually had a guy make a logo with my face on it. And then I had to be like, listen, listen, listen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was a weird, it was a weird thing to kindly suggest edits that you might want to your own logo. And then I just thought about some guy looking at my face all day, creating like a cartoon avatar. 
and but you you've come comfortable with that, right? I mean, I've seen that one, the the finished product. With I think the one you're referencing now, you you must like it, right? It was your avatar on Twitter, right? No, no. Well, that's the one I made. Okay. Yeah, okay. but I told you that I had a the company that I make videos for. They made their own for me. Oh, for okay, their I didn't know whether or not that was the uh, okay. I, I didn't no. know if that was the alternate version. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. So I want to get your thoughts on on Christmas, not Islanders related. Are Are you a gift guy? Do you like giving gifts? Do you like receiving gifts at this point of your life? Um. This is. <laughs> I guess I've. I'm in that lingerer's territory where obviously I like to, I, I like to give more than receive. I'm not a, a greedy individual, but I'm also at a weird age where who am I giving to and who am I receiving from just my immediate family members. And I don't know. I, Christmas is, I told you I'm a Halloween guy. Yeah. Christmas is for you family folk. Well, I mean the whole thing and the whole season is just so exhausting. I mean, I am run down. We're December 12th. We're recording this. It's everything. I am just run down with this season. Um, you know, you just from Thanksgiving onward, um, as a, as a, as a parent, as a dad and the things you have to do to check the boxes. Um, it, it is crazy. So I just made a PSA to the family and I told them, listen, if you're an adult, you're not going to get a gift from me and you don't have to spend any time thinking about getting a gift for me either. I said, I will participate in grab bags. I'll do like the, white elephant, whatever you call it type of thing. I'll buy the one gift. It'll be quality. It'll have broad appeal and that'll be it. But I'm not, I'm not going to like buy like 10 to 12 gifts for brothers, sisters, sister-in-law, mother-in-law, father-in-law. I'm just not doing it. I'm out. And everyone else could, everyone else could participate. They can start exchanging. Like, I don't want to be, and they are getting so upset at me. Yeah. That, that, that sounds good in practice, but they, they veto it like a fantasy football trade. They go, nope, nope. You're not allowed to just say, you can say, oh, you want, Hey guys, I'm at it. You don't have to get me. I don't get you. And they go, nope, that's not allowed. I'm and getting these text you. messages yeah. about like how you must, I want a Dunkin' Donuts gift card. Get me a Dunkin' Donuts gift card. I'm like, I'm not getting you. I, I'm I'm out. Like, stop asking me to buy you a $25 Dunkin' Donuts kiss. For what purpose? Why, these- why don't they just accept it? And they're like, I don't know what happened. This is my mother. I don't know what happened to you. You've changed. I'm like, no, no, no. This is the real meaning of Christmas. We'll have a great time with the kids. We'll do a lot of stuff for the kids. But, like, can we just show up, make the kids the focal point, and we'll eat and drink and have a good time and be merry? Like, what do we have to do? All this added stress of buying gifts, wrapping gifts, exchanging gifts. For people in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s, it's it's crazy to me. I'm it's, out. It's you should. There should be a way that you get out of it. I, like there's a, there's got to be some sort of way. You fill out some form, and it's like, all right, okay, well, you know what? At least he's in for so and so holidays. Like you should. I, I don't know, man. You, you so who are you family. buying for? What who do you have to buy for now? Do you and your brother exchange? I bought him his ticket home for the holidays as plane to his plane nice ticket. Here you go. Good. Merry Christmas. Gift. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously I'll get my mom some stuff. Um, no, definitely nothing for dad. No. <laughs> but this is why this is what you get. That's what dads get. You get nothing. You'll never get celebrated. You don't get any Valentine's day gifts. You get nothing. That's what you sign up for as a dad. And I think you're slowly but surely learning that. And again, I participated up until like the grandkids came and the grandkids came and now you're like just buying all these 
small toys and doll houses and all these different what things. It's uh, my grandkids, the the kids. So as soon as they my my two yeah, girls and my brother had kids and my brother and sister in law, they have kids and they're like they're now the focal point and now we have all these gifts and like that's the holiday. Like to me, there was no longer a need for for me to get, you know, my my dress shirts or my socks or uh, cologne or here's a bottle of Bailey's and whatever the same kind of stuff every year. I got three Mike Piazza autobiographies over the course of multiple years because people are like, oh, what do we get, Joe? I you know Mets stuff, Islander That's stuff, it. endless Mike Piazza paraphernalia, Just endless Mike Piazza bobblehead, Mike Piazza bobbleheads. You that know, your wife says this is not allowed Billy to be Joel in the house. DVDs, throw it in the garage. Last play at Shea. <laughs> That kind of stuff. Was there one ever Islander related gift that you got that was uh, memorable that you wanted and got for for Christmas? For Christmas, I can't remember exactly when I got it, but I know I've definitely got Islander Ranger tickets for Christmas. I I'm not sure if it was got for Christmas. I have an Oleg Kavasha jersey that doesn't say Kavasha on the back; it says Oleg. <laughs> He entertained me. So I always had. That used to end up on Isles eBay. This was my criteria for Islanders. Either be good or be entertaining. And Oleg with his helmet falling off every other shift certainly was the latter. And And also I used to wear 12 when I played hockey. So I have a 12 Oleg jersey. Andy on the back of yours. They were like the soccer players before. You know, they were yeah. the, the, the first name only. Yeah. I remember Kavasha. I remember when Milbury traded for Kavasha. By the way, this is like the anniversary of Milbury being named the uh, the GM today here on December 12th, like 20. Uh, I wish I had organ music. Five or 26 years ago. Um, I remember him talking about his reach. He always used to talk about Kavasha's reach. And it became a big joke between me and my uh, my college roommate as an Islander fan. Oh, look at that reach by Kavasha. Um, <laughs> my, my college girlfriend got me a P.E.K.K.A. Pekka jersey that 2000 like two 2003 team and had like the captain C on it yeah that was pretty nice um this is an islanders related but my dad went really cheap on my brother he wanted a robin ventura like black mets jersey and there was a place in the neighborhood called sports fever in brooklyn that did a great job but of course my dad felt that they were going to charge too much for it so he knew a guy in the city that was going to do it and he got like red outline instead of like orange on the ventura just horrible that 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 Christmas went south pretty quickly. <laughs> so, well, uh, I, I'm trying to think of some of my. I think I was always more of a, a tech guy. I would always ask for tech related stuff for for Christmas. I, I didn't... I've gotten really bad gifts. This this is what's contributing to all of this too. One time, you know, like you get like you don't know what it may be, and it's like it was like heavy, and you're like curious. You're like, what it, you know, what could that present possibly be for me? that my parents got me. And one year it was this, I had just moved into my apartment in Brooklyn and it was a big square box and it was heavy. And I like saved it for like the last thing I wanted to open. And I opened it up. It was a toilet seat that my uh, dad got me. I'm like, you'd borderline have to call that a prank. Even if they know that you needed a toilet seat, you, you never want to be able it to. It wasn't like answer. my toilet seat was broken. It was like, I was in your apartment and the toilet seat was a little loose. I thought, like what? I mean, that's world. That's one of the world's worst gifts, just by sound. Like, hey, true or false? You've been given a toilet seat for your birthday or I for Christmas. It. 
you you should never have to answer yeah so yes. i kind of went on like i got i got pretty upset about that and then my mom was obsessed with alfani as like the brand name and every shirt like one year oh. every color was like i got every single color <laughs> alfani shirt possible like, from macy's yeah of course she loved and she's it like oh this it was, is the great stuff alfani. it was 45 shirts for 42 dollars like no one wears alfani that's my age Al- I'm 18 years old and then what was the fake it wasn't Lacoste, but it was like another one. Oh, Izod. Remember that? Yeah, well, Izod Center. Well, that do you remember that? Am I yeah. do I have that right? But it was like a fake Lacoste, right? Or a worse Lacoste. Maybe worse, yeah. I mean, I know the brand Izod, obviously. They had the naming rights of the uh, old Continental Airlines and Brendan Byrne Arena for a while. But man, that Macy's used to make a killing for my mother every every year. Come Alfani, like it's like oh, this is what your Christmas shopping was for your sons. You just went straight in to King's Plaza right Mall, made a dart to the Macy's Alfani, and because uh, you and know was it was, done. it's a clever play on words. It sounds enough with the same syllables like Armani. Yeah, so they go with the Alfani. It's like oh yeah, and look, it's kind of in the same realm. We knew, we knew. Yeah, bad gifts. Lee, I lead dungarees, not even jeans. It's lead dungaree. I just could go on and on, but you could see, like, it's it's it, this is long. You know, if I gotten good gifts for a long period of time, maybe I wouldn't be as much of a Grinch as I am about this stuff. But after many years of being on the receiving end of some horrible gifts, um, I'm just abstaining moving forward on, on either. I've side. got some Christmas stories I can tell when we get closer. We still got some time. I'm not in the full. Christmas. You got another week, yeah. Yeah, so we'll. We'll touch more upon some Islanders Christmas stories that uh, kind of apply to me and things that I've done around the holiday season that I, that are Islanders related. I think you'll get a kick out of them. Yeah, looking forward to hearing that. Um, I always like going to the uh, Islander games around Christmas time. It's always a fun, fun atmosphere too. Even yeah. in recent years, they've given out those kind of ugly Islander sweaters that everyone was wearing. Um, yeah. so yeah, look forward to, look forward to hearing more about, uh, your Islanders Christmas history. And, uh, we'll see if the, uh, Christmas travels over this, uh, next five games and the team comes back and they come back remaining in remaining in playoff position. Cause you know, so much is about, Hey, where are you on Thanksgiving day? What about how you are on Christmas day? You know, it's about a month later. We'll see if they remain in, in playoff position, but. Um, Andy, well, I don't know. You don't obviously need a haircut cause you said you got one, uh, but it was uh, good to see you again. Great to see and, you, man. Uh, and you forward. had a good time at the uh, Buccaneers game. You stayed at the end. Yeah, you saw that the uh, that comeback at the end. Now I got my obligatory. You know, it's crazy. I went to college in Boston, never saw Brady once, and then I catch <laughs> one final drive in Tampa Bay. Hey, it counts. That might have been his last like great moment. I mean, you know, given how we'll uh, see, they're going to the playoffs whether you like it or not. And then all wow, of a my sudden, Carolina just, Panthers control their own destiny. What is that true? Yeah, they do. They they're five and eight. They're only one game behind them. They can win out including a game against the Buccaneers, I think. All right. Well, you put your faith in Darnold, and let's see what happens. <laughs> he's, got like a, he's got a goatee or something going on. Yeah, he's trying the Bobby too. Valentine. Anything yeah. to try to seem like somebody else. <laughs> well, Baker Mayfield had a, had a win. Uh, Darnold had a win. I mean, it was quite a, quite a big day for the class of uh, whatever year that was, 2018. Yeah, um, all except right. for Barkley, unfortunately. Uh, unfortunately, and Josh Rosen, uh, of course. All right. Well, listen, that'll do it for this episode of the Eyes on Isles podcast. We will come back with some more Islanders Christmas stories next week. For Andy Francis, I am Joe Bono. We will talk to you next time, Islanders country. Good night. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? 
These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.